Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 92 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services, so go back and fill your boots. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, please rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. But now for this week's podcast. Last week, we brought you an episode with the company of Little Voice, a successful stage-to-screen adaptation. And this week, we're bringing you an adaptation where we strike and reverse that. Bring It On was a cult hit movie, loosely translated for the stage with music by someone you may have heard of, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well, he wrote half the music with Tom Kitt teaming up with Lin for the score, lyrics by Amanda Green and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and a book by Jeff Whitty. Set in two competing high schools, hence the two different composers with two completely different sounds, the musical is a camp expose of the bitchiness, and I say that in air quotes, that can exist in the world of cheerleading and the roller coaster ride that is life in an American high school. Believe me, I experienced it with its cliques of jocks, geeks, and, well, everybody in between. Now, I got to chat to company members Robin McIntyre, who plays Super Ernest Campbell, and Isabella Pappas, who plays Super Bitchy Skyler, along with musical director Chris Ma before the show at the Southwark Playhouse. Now, apologies for the noise, but there was a bit of set construction or building or something happening. Well, all sorts were happening. It's, it's a working theater, y'all. Anyway, we sat down to talk about the journey of the show, the company bonding experience through learning competitive cheerleading, as you do, and the pressure of putting on a cult hit musical as a theater. Academy in one of London's fringes most popular venues. Have a listen. I'm Isabella Pappas and I play Skylar. I'm Robin McIntyre and I play Campbell. And I'm Chris Ma, I'm the musical director of Bring It On. Excellent. Now, um, I've known Isabella for a while, so uh, just full disclosure, we saw you in the nether about Four or five years ago? Is it four years ago? Four years ago. Four years ago, okay. And this, I can imagine. Now, I have only heard pieces of, uh, okay, you're going to shoot me. I've never seen the film. (laughs) I'm coming into this completely blind. (laughs) But from what I see, a little bit of research, this might be a little departure from um, last time I saw you on stage. Oh, it's definitely different. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what I'll do is ask uh, you kind of what... 
what the show's about. So if anybody doesn't know and they're listening and they just, you know, what, what is, what, what's, the, what's the musical and, and um, you know, in a nutshell? Um, it's about young teens in their high schools in America, but although it's about cheerleading and it's mm-hmm. got these competitions and, like, this tiny little things in life, the bigger picture is equality and... Well, it's a lot of rivalry, but it's actually just about being yourself and accepting each other. And I guess it's just teaching a lot of life lessons to young adults, really. Yeah. I think. I don't think it's about the cheerleading at all in the end, which is why it's good to do it in a space like this, because I don't think you need the massive grand stage and everything, because once you're in a close-knit like proximity, you get the story so much clearer. Yeah. Well, like, I know, like, because I mean, I'm American, and American, like I grew up with, you know, playing American football, cheerleading, mm-hmm. sort of big mm-hmm. part of, mm-hmm. of it. You know, um, you know, for for you, not being American, was, was it uh, an interesting kind of yeah, insight, or did you kind of and Isabel, were you the kind of go to for? <laughs> it was different for me because when I was younger, I did cheerleading. Yeah. But um, but obviously, it's very different when you're. In high school, and yeah. you start doing varsity. Yeah. But from what I did get from it, there is a lot of competition, even when you're even when you're really young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when you're in primary school, there is still a lot of competition mm-hmm. because it's such a competitive sport. People take it really seriously, yes. and I think the nice thing about this show is that it sort of doesn't try to take itself too seriously mm-hmm. because if it does, then it can kind of come across as pretentious because it's. I mean, it's not the biggest problems you can face in life. Yeah. It's not getting a cheerleader, but yeah. it kind of communicates yeah. a bigger problem. I don't know. I, I kind of grew up with some people. It's definitely <laughs> the biggest problem if they didn't get on the team. I mean, it, it is a serious thing in America. Like, you, on ESPN, you, you have cheerleaders. I mean, the college cheerleaders, like, it's scholarships, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a proper industry, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that so? Do you guys have to do a lot of research into it, or...? Yeah, well, one of the boys, Matthew Brazier, he's done a lot of cheerleading, so he's like the cheerleading supervisor, but I didn't really know anything about it. I knew the odd thing, but I'd never done anything before I came to this show. Well, what was it like? Because yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of cheering yeah, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get thrown in the air quite a lot, so that is quite scary. You spend time in the air. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I went to a dancey drama school and there's lots of lifts and things like that, but it's nothing like this. No. It's very, very different. different. Did you have any kind of like a boot camp, um, you know, when we when we take on roles and, mm. um, you know... Uh, we didn't really have a boot camp, but there was sort of the kind of boot camp element throughout rehearsals. Yeah, we've tested out so many things and yeah. taken things out and seen if that would work and... We had to rehearse. We had a lot of time in the actual space, like editing things, because they maybe didn't work as well as they did in the other rooms that we had, or yeah. the ceiling would be too short. Yeah, because the proxemics in the theatre yeah. are pretty specific. Yeah. yeah. Because you have people so close to you mm-hmm. that there's the health and safety aspect as well. Yeah. Like, you don't want to kick someone in the face. <laughs> yeah. So we had to test that sort of out so that there wasn't any. But that's the first thing we yeah. do when we get here before mm-hmm. warm up and stuff. We do lifts. Yeah. Every single lift yeah. to test it for yeah. safety. And, so, and there's a, uh, I imagine there's a quite a bit of music in this. Isn't there? There's quite a lot of music in the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, um, how how did you approach that? Because you know, taking through yeah. um, the the actors and actresses you're working with here. So uh-huh. you know, the, the backgrounds. Because you you've worked with the 
the group before, or the, the theatre? I've worked with the company before. The company, yeah. So I worked with Isabella, um, and indirectly with Robin as well, yeah. um, because I taught at the college that Robin went to. Okay. Um, so I know Robin and a few other people um, in the cast already before we started rehearsals. Um, but in terms of the teaching the music, uh, the whole process, it's quite complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, as you know, the show is written by Limuel Miranda and Tom Kitt, mm-hmm. orchestrated by Tom Kitt and Alex Lacamoire, mm-hmm. whom I've worked with um, when I was sort of, you know, assisting him on Hamilton, which mm-hmm. is last year. Yeah. So actually, having done that role, assisting him, kind of make everything a lot more clear what I'm reading yeah. because there's a very specific he's, style of he's intricate within his playing yes. I mean uh, it's just so dense yes. and everything's so well thought out yeah. um, and you know part of his genius is doing that mm. but at the same time presents a whole lot of thought if you like mm. um, in terms of how you translate that because again what he does really well is he literally take a carbon copy mm. of what they did on Broadway and put it down onto paper mm. and you can trace every single person's track mm. on that sheet of music mm. so I mean they, they call it man and woman one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right. so forth actually no female one, two, yeah. uh, one to eight and uh, you can see all of that. Every single person's track is written down on the sheet music. Right. And given our little, you know, modest company, we don't have 16-piece ensemble. What? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it will fit in a Southern Playhouse anyway. Yeah. Um, but my job, therefore, then, I have to translate and try to find the best alternative to keep all the sound and all the harmonies and all yeah. the lines. Yeah. Um, but also adapting it to work for the company that we have. Yeah. So what a lot of uh, what uh, the, a lot of things that I've done is to you know sort of have everyone singing at the same time without giving away any secrets. We have to do a lot of backing singing. Yeah. So a lot of bumping up yeah. to make the sound sounds fuller because um, I mean it's. Well, that's something you know we we covered a lot of shows yeah. and we're backstage a lot a lot of shows. Yeah. That is something that's, I suppose, expected now. Yeah. I mean, people really want that yes. full sound. Except really there are no track singing. Nice. Unlike some other shows, yeah. um, there are pre-recorded tracks. <laughs> um, all singing in this show um, are done live, which I'm very proud of. So a lot of people come up to me and say, were there a lot of track elements? I was like, there were track elements, yeah. but they were all the sound in yeah. terms of digital sound elements of it, but not in terms of singing. Yeah, perfect. Um, I'd like to ask about British Theatre Academy, because I, mm-hmm. I really haven't come across it before. I mean, I don't know if it's under the radar. Well, it's going to be under my radar. I'm 45 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you um, don't look at <laughs> <laughs> But so how, how did you guys get involved, and in, in what is your kind of curriculum like and how do, how, how do you guys because you guys are prolific I mean I see there are two or three shows on at the moment or something that you guys uh, are four four, oh, four shows going <laughs> on at the moment so t- how does that happen like tell me about your, your class in, in the, the, the academy so when I first started kind of becoming a part of British Theatre Academy it was because I saw something online yeah. about 13 and so I went to the audition I didn't really know what the British Theatre Academy was but then once I started getting involved with it, I kind of realized that it was this big family and there's this big kind of gap sort of in the industry mm-hmm. for people in, from the ages 
sort of 14 to 18 almost. And the British Theatre Academy kind of does a really good job of helping people in that age group specifically to be able to still work and still keep up their training and still keep up their performing. Mm. Because performing is something that's hard to come across in a lot of other schools that you go yeah, to. Yeah, sure. And, and is that, you, is, is that a, a surplus to your schooling that we do normally, or is, or is it a, a proper school as well? As in... No, it's a surplus to the schooling I do wow. normally. Okay. So when we put on shows, it sort of gives us the ability to kind of showcase ourselves, yeah. sort of, and they get a lot of great press in, so it can give you the ability to get an agent or just to meet loads of people in the industry and it's just a really good thing yeah no I, I think it's I think it's it's a fantastic thing like that I had no idea that it wasn't a proper school I mean that, that this is a you know you've got to do your maths and sciences and everything else and then you get to do but, but I suppose it just means that you're, you're still grounded and, and but learning what it's like to to yeah. kind of I suppose grind out so, so, you know, grind out a performance or grind out yeah. a production when, in, in the real world I suppose yeah. mm. it's just good opportunities for everyone of all ages because for me I've just graduated drama school I'm yeah. 23 I'm not like a youth a British Theatre Academy kid like what yeah. they yeah. used to call them a member or whatever I got this through my agent through like a lot of this a lot of the older ones yeah. I got this a lot of people think it's just a youth production it's like technically a youth production but in a scale of a theatre like this yeah. and we saw it as like a graduate good opportunity mm. to be showcased so yeah so a lot of us are doing it just to get our faces and stuff like but obviously now we are part of the British Theatre Academy yeah but I mean the, the exposure's been brilliant yeah. I mean we mm. we um you know we noticed here at Current Call just how amazing the social media aspect of, mm-hmm. of this production is happening, not just this one, but all of the productions. I guess it's important. I mean, that's really important in today's you know climate to be able to to kind of rise to the top. And so much chatter. However, we, you know, I've noticed you guys um, kind of just really active and pushing it. And but, but as a result, people are kind of noticing what you guys are doing, and you've had tremendous. Um, critical support as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In, it's incredible to, to to see reviews coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're getting you know really well known reviewers coming and saying mm-hmm. you should check this out. Congratulations on the reviews. You know, mm-hmm. because they've been brilliant. I know we don't do it for the reviews, <laughs> really, but uh, you know, it's nice when they come in. I mean, how has that support felt? Because it must be so good. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's amazing because I feel like everyone in this cast has worked really hard and put a lot of heart into this production. And so when you get people recognizing how hard you've worked and how much you appreciate the show, mm. it's kind of amazing. It kind of gives, it kind of enforces the family aspect of the show even more. Yeah. Because it's something that we've all kind of created together. Yeah, sure. And the pressure with the creative team, you know, knowing that this is. You know, at the Sunday Playhouse, which is really yes. well, uh, you know, patron yeah. than you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're working with a spectrum of, of talent from, you know, you're saying from 14, you know, who's the youngest in the cast? Is it probably the youngest principal is probably Isabel. Yeah. Is okay, so the oldest is. But in terms of everyone, yeah. I would yeah. think it's yeah. 15. 15 okay. is the youngest. So that's, that's a real pressure. Yeah. Like, so the, the, 
the onus on you guys yes. to kind of prepare them for what it's going to be. Yes. Literally, kind of, okay, we're, we're opening ourselves up to subjective Absolutely. So, it, for me, when I first heard about the project, I think it's a slightly crazy idea to do such a sort of, in a way, large-scale show in a, such a confined space mm-hmm. with without being disrespectful, and I'm not being disrespectful, but sort of younger mm. and less experienced actors. Mm. Um, I'm all for what BTA stands for, um, but I did have my worries, if I'm being honest. I did have my sort of doubts initially. It was like, yeah. is this really going to work? Yeah. Um, because with everything riding so much on Hamilton, mm. everyone's going to have a lot of attention on the show. Yeah. So um, between me, you, and who's the director-choreographer... We, we have a lot of thought um, and we're trying to make it as accessible as possible to everyone. Um, we're trying to make it as good a standard as we can possibly can and I certainly think we achieved that. Um, I certainly think that everything that we've done has exceeded our expectation yeah. and that comes a lot and it says a lot about the cast that we do have because you can't just do the show with any random people, especially given the state that we have doing it in one of the best and most professional yeah. the most known off West End mm. fringe venue um, like you were saying you know a lot of people coming to watch and they have been and there I know there are more people coming in as well um, so certainly the stakes are very high yeah. and I'm very proud of all of these yeah. guys yeah. I think you guys have risen to it like the one found is yeah. incredible and you know mm. Fringe venues very difficult to sell out, you yeah. know, and, and um, so to, 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 to know that it's selling out is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have got to, to go and, and warm up mm-hmm. in a minute, but I'll, I'd like to ask, lastly, what... Uh, no, I've got two questions. I lie. First of all, mm-hmm. is, uh, is what do you expect people to take away? So what, what would you like them to take away when they come and see it? Because I, I know all of the things we see just, you know, really energetic and, you know, the, the things that you can just... I think energetic must be one of the main words I've seen in all the kind of reviews or yeah. the chatter of the show. But what do you what do you think people will take away with them uh, when they leave the show, having come and seen it? Um, a lot of people, to me, just said it's just barrel of laughs, so much fun, and like there's loads of stuff in the West End, but I think it's quite different to some things that are happening at the minute. Like, they've never done it in the UK before, and people are just so shocked to how funny the script is. Mm. Like, can't believe how funny it is. But also, I think some people are coming out and they're literally gobsmacked at how it's happened with 15-year-olds in the cast. Like, mm. there is a massive age difference between mm. some people. Like, between me and you, there's not yeah. ever many years, my mm. God. But there's no difference between me and Isabella. I've done three years at drama school. Isabella's not trained, but it's, she's a well and mm. above some of the 25 year olds do you know what I mean like, she's an Olivier nominee yes, <laughs> Olivier this is what I mean I think people are coming away like oh my god like, I'll be like yeah Skylar's 15 and they're like no she's not I'm like yes. yeah she is <laughs> like, people are just so shocked that I don't think the people expected it to be like the way yeah. it has been I think for me one of the things that I've taken away and I think that the audience takes away is sort of a lot of the people that come to see it say to me, they say, the, you can tell that the cast is really close. Mm. Yeah. When you're on stage, you can tell that you guys are all very close-knit and together. Mm. And I think that for me, one of the best things about the show is that I now have some amazing, I consider best friends who have a massive age difference to me. Yeah. But I learn so much from them. Like, I'm yeah. really close with Robin. And 
I feel like when we're together, you don't we don't really think of the age gap, but then other people notice it. Professionals together, I guess. And it's kind of nice because we all just sort of think of each other as the same. Isabella Pappas, Robin McIntyre, and Chris Ma from Bring It On at the Southern Playhouse. Now, before we wrap it up, if you're a theater professional, you need to head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and set up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CurtainCall. That's Curtain Call, one word, all lower letters. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. And that's John with an H. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Isabella Pappas, Robin McIntyre, Chris Ma, and the entire company of Bring It On and everyone at the British Theatre Academy. You guys did a brilliant job, and this is a brilliant production of the show. It's it's hilarious. You will laugh out loud, I promise. It's full of energy, uh, one word that almost every critic used in their nearly unanimous praise of the production, and it is full of the West End's future. If you want to see who's going to be gracing London stages over the next few decades, folks, you need to get down to the Southwark Playhouse to see Bring It On. Now, you have until the 1st of September, and the link to the theater is in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.